brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, One Church in Global Locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Life together. Now, remember what you committed to in church. Because I need, as your pastor, I got to teach you, but I'm not going to be able to teach you what I taught you at 915, so I need you to get the CD. You just committed to doing that when you, when you stood up a second ago. So don't be slipping out of here. I'm going to get it on Wednesday. You don't want no problems with me. Because you need to know that. Okay, you need to know what I taught at 915, all right? Now, uh, but, 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 uh, touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, what do you do once you've been attacked? I'm going to tell you what to do. Let's make this confession of faith together. I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest. I come to God as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10 and I win in Jesus' name. Go to 1 Kings chapter 19. I want, I want to use this title, uh, When Elijah is Attacked. I want to use this title. I want to use this title. I want to use this title. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also, he had executed all the prophets of the sword. Now, uh, Ahab was the king. Jezebel was his wife. Ahab was a weak man. Jezebel was an overbearing woman. But she represented a spirit. Say a spirit. Mm -hmm. She was a spirit. Look at me. That liked to oppose men of God. Now, now, whatever, if it's a man or woman next to you, just say you are a man or woman of God. Whatever they are, just tell them. All right, if it's too dark in your section and you, and you don't know, just say you're a person of God. Because the way some of y'all be acting, like, it's so dark in here. No, it's not. You need to just get your prescription updated. I'm just joking. I'm being funny. Now, now, now touch them. Say, you're a man or woman of God. Whatever they are. Tell them, tell them. Now, so this is a spirit that likes to come against you. Look at verse 2. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Say, she threatened him. But she literally tells him and she says, uh, Elijah, this time tomorrow I'm taking you out. So she's trying to scare him with a message. 
Verse 3, and when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, and he went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he came himself a day's journey in the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. I've taught you some of this before. And he prayed that he might die. Anybody had some stuff? Just be honest. You at Harvest, you ain't got to lie. Anybody had some stuff this year that made you say, Lord, I don't even know if I want to do life anymore. Just be real. That's where Elijah was. He said, Lord, just take me out of here. I can't take no more. All my life I had to fight, and I ain't got no fight left in me. I came to talk to some people that say, Bishop, I need you to help me find the fight in me. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Touch your neighbor and say, we're going to find the fight in you. Uh-huh. He went a day's journey into the wilderness. Verse 4, and came and sat down on the broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. And he said, it's enough, Lord. Take my life. He said, I'm no better than my father's. In essence, he says, I'm not making any more progress than the generations before me. He said, truth be told, I've been trying so hard to be different that I'm the same. He said, I'm seemingly perpetuating every generational curse I thought I was supposed to break. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, get up and eat. Doesn't him say, get up and eat. That's why you had to be at church today so you could get up and eat. I'm not talking about literal food. I'm talking about spiritual food. That's why the scripture says the word is the bread of life. Touch your neighbor and say, you're about to eat real good. Get up and eat. Then he looked, and there was uh, by his head was a cake baked on some coals and a jar of water. It had some hot water, cornbread, and some water with lemon in it. Southern thing. Watch this. Uh, 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 and the angel of the Lord, so he ate and drank, excuse me, and laid down again. Then the angel of the Lord came back a second time. See, see watch this. I'm talking to some folks that you thought you were good for a few days. Then all of a sudden, here it was another time. Where, where, where y'all at? I'm going to set you. you touch your neighbor and say, you're getting set free today. Yeah, yeah. I've already contended with this spirit this year and beat it. So let me tell you, I'm anointed to get you to beat it too. God, dog almighty. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 8. So he arose and ate and drank. And he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Now watch this. First time he gets up, he goes back to sleep. Then he gets up, he's good for 40 days. But then watch what happens. Watch what happens. Verse 8. So he rose and ate and drank and went to strength 40 days, 40 nights as far as up the mountain of God. Verse 9. And then, watch this, then he went to a cave. So not only once did he try to get past it, but then a second time, but then a third time, and this time it sends him into a cave. And he spends the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him by Bishop Foreman on Sunday morning. And said to him, what are you doing here? Say your name. Look, look, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Whatever cave you were in when you got here, in the next 35 minutes, I announce to you, you better catch this while it's being released. You are coming out. If you believe it, give him praise right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
we invite you into this place. Speak to us with clarity. Speak to us with power today. Set us free today. Whatever cave folk have been in under the sound of my voice, I declare they're being set free from it today. Whatever depression, whatever discouragement, whatever weight's been on them, I announce today that today is the last day they are going to deal with that cave. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Somebody give them praise if you believe it. Oh, come on, give them praise if you believe it. Give them glory if you believe it. Shout if you believe it. You don't mind if I get a little prophetic for a minute, do you? You don't mind if I just step into the garment of the prophet for a minute, do you? Somebody say, I'm being set free today. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. So he said, Bishop, what is this? This is the mantle. The Bible talks about the mantle that Elijah wore. It is the shamir. It's the garment of the prophet. Touch your neighbor say, the prophet's in the house. Which means I'm going to speak to you in a way you're going to think we've had cameras in your house. I'm going to read your mail. What's been going on the last several weeks, last several months, last year of your life. Touch your neighbor and say, it's about to get real, real. Watch this. Let's get into the word. Watch this. Elijah is a man whose name means God is my God. Specifically, his name means Jehovah is my God. He creates what's called the sons of the prophets. The sons of the prophets now was very different than what the other people of his day did. The other prophets or men of God of the day, they had what was called the school of the prophets, in which they produced students. But Elijah was a spiritual father in that he did not produce students, but he produced sons. See, a student needs information. A son lives by impartation. A student sits and takes notes, but a son is the notes. Y'all not saying nothing. He appears out of nowhere in 1 Kings chapter 17, and he's called Elijah the Tishbite of Gilead. Now, what that word Tishbite of Gilead, that phrase means, is that this was a man that had come from a monument of testimonies. What does that mean, Bishop? That Elijah was a man that was accomplished. I'm talking to some people today that the truth be told, you've accomplished some stuff in life. You've beaten some obstacles in life. You've beaten some odds in life. You've beaten some statistics in life. Truth be told, you're further along than anybody else in your bloodline ever has been. Would you touch your neighbor and say, I'm a Tishbite? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's stuff that you've beaten that everybody else in your bloodline crumbled under. There's stuff that other people lost their mind over and you beat it. Touch your neighbor and say, I've had some accomplishments. That's what Elijah was. He was a man that had some accomplishments. And I want to teach you this now uh, from two parallels. First, me as Elijah, as your pastor, as your bishop, as your man of God. But then secondly, I want you to extract principles as if you were Elijah. Why, Bishop? James 5.17 says that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Say, Elijah was a man with a nature like mine. Which really means Elijah was like you and I. Elijah was a spirit, which is the real you. That's your subconscious mind that possesses a soul, your conscious mind, thoughts, will, and emotions, and lives in a physical body. Which means Elijah is you. Say, I am Elijah. Now, in chapter 17, Elijah prophesies and declares that they would be drought in the land. And we can infer that the reason is because of the stubbornness of the people. And from there, he's directed by God to go to the brook Cherith, which means a place of separation and cutting. This year, you have been separated from some folk. And while you've been separated, God has been cutting on you. 
And by cutting, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean it in the biblical way where he's been pruning you. Pruning is where God starts cutting off dead weight and dead stuff that's on you. But to do that, he had to separate you. This is why you've been feeling so alone even when you're around people. Because God says, I said it on Wednesday, I am cutting on you. And during surgery, everybody can't be around. Which is the reason why some people you wouldn't dismiss, he dismissed them for you. Because God says, I'm doing surgery on you. You ain't going in the 17 the same way that you were in 16. You ain't going with the same bitterness. You're not going with the same anger. Touch your neighbor and say he's been pruning you. But then watch this while he's there at the brook Cherith, a place of separation and cutting, a pruning. The Lord feeds him with a raven because what he prophesied had an unintended consequence of adversely affecting him. Watch this. Sometimes you speak great stuff not realizing the great pain that it requires. A lot of times you make great declarations over your life and you should. Why, Bishop? Because the Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. But you got to understand, whenever you make great declarations, there's always a great price that oftentimes you and I don't anticipate. Let me give you an example. See, you may want to drive a Bentley, but you need to understand Bentley's maintenance costs different than a Toyota's maintenance. Ain't nothing wrong with the Toyota, great automobiles, but the maintenance cost is different because the cost is greater. Whenever you ask God for greater things in life, you need to know there are unintended uh, uh, costs associated with that greatness. So Elijah prophesied there'd be no drought, but it had the unintended consequence of adversely affecting him. Say he prophesied drought to discipline the people, but it adversely affected him. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, so he spoke something great, but it had the unintended consequence of affecting him. After he's at that brook cherub, the Lord orders him to a place called Zarephath, which means a place of refining. But more specifically, it's extracting refinery or extracting metallurgy, which uses fire to decompose the ore, driving off other elements as gases and leaving just the metal base behind. Okay, you missed it. In other words, after he went from a place of separation and cutting, then he had to go through the fire. And the fire was necessary to drive off the other elements as gases and just leave the metal base behind. This is the reason why you've been feeling stripped down to nothing. Okay. Apparently, I ain't talking to nobody. This is the reason why you've been looking around at your life and trying to say, well, what do I have? What, what's really for me? God, I thought I'd have more progress by now. I thought I'd make more uh, 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 achievements by now. I thought more would be done. Am I talking to anybody? He literally strips him down to where it is just him. It is just him. He drives off everything. Watch this. That uh, went past the separation and cutting. He drives it off through the fire. Say through the fire. I don't know about you, but this year then had some hot moments. Uh, all right. Okay. Apparently, I'm the only one that then had some hot moments. Touch your neighbor. Say this year has had some hot moments. In fact, truth be told, this year the moments got so hot in your life, you thought it was going to consume you. But I got news for everything that came against you. It may have gotten hot, but I'm still here. It may have gotten hot, but I'm still standing. Would you touch your neighbor and say, it got hot, but I can handle it. I can handle it. See, watch this. I learned something. I learned something about, I learned something about people that can cook. People that can cook because, watch this, they're used to handling hot pots. Watch this. What burns somebody else don't do nothing to them. Y'all not saying nothing. When I was coming up in the South, we would have Sunday dinners. And during Sunday dinners, I remember we went over with somebody. That, her name was Mama Nez. I don't actually think she was related to us, but we just said that she was anyhow. And we went over to Mama Nez's house, and she would always make hot water cornbread. And she would turn on her hot water. Didn't have no dishwasher, because in the South, to, you, to qualify as somebody that could cook, you had to also clean. 
I'm just saying how it worked back there. And so she didn't have no dishwasher, so she had to hand wash them dishes, you understand? And she would always turn her hot water on, but her hot water was hot as Hades. Second Sunday. Hades is a Greek word for hell. It was hot. Water so hot, you can look at it and tell it's hot. But watch this. But because she was used to it, what scared me, she put her hands in and said, this ain't nothing. Can I tell you every fire you bit in this year was good for you? Because the next time it shows up, you're going to be like, that ain't nothing. I, man, I know how to handle fire. I know how to handle some hot water. Watch this now. Watch this. Say the fire. Now, now watch this, watch this. You know the story there uh, when he goes to Zarephath. And a widow woman who's prepared, uh, she was prepared for her and her son to die. But Elijah says, feed me first. And she reaps the miracles reserved for those that keep the kingdom first. But you may or may not know that after all of that, that woman's son dies. She says to Elijah in 1 Kings, she says to him, she says, listen, I'm going to make this cake and me and my son are going to die. Elijah says, no, give me, give me, give me mine first. Watch this, put me first, even though you're down to your last. See, some of you don't understand. You'd be like, Bishop, it's tough financially. That's when you should give more. God never looks at your need and excuses it. He looks at your need and say, if you want the need to go away, put a seed in the ground. God does not respond to need. He responds to see. Which, matter of fact, some of y'all today that's been going through some financial trouble, you need to just slap that trouble back and say, watch me sow my way up out of this. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as I have said. Make me a small cake from it. What? First. This is the principle of first fruits. And bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. Now let's just be honest, fellas. Let's just be honest. Fellas, we've all watched women. We know good and doggone well. She didn't just say, yes, sir. Go to verse 14. We know good and doggone well. Sister has some other stuff to say. Because how you going to tell me I'm at my last and me and my son about to eat and die and here you come with your Shamir on talking about put some seed in the ground. Man. Okay, y'all going to look. Fellas, please now. Since y'all left me hanging, fellas, I'm going to have to. You know she had all kind of neck rolling going on. That thing probably popped out of socket a few times. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, verse 14, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Next verse. So she went away and did according to the word of what? Elijah. Mm -hmm. Watch this. She went away. Remember, we're looking at this from two parallels. One is Elijah is your man of God. Two, you are Elijah. So she went away and did as her man of God said. Amen. See, some of y'all come to church, but you don't do nothing I say. And then you wonder why you don't have fruit. But you, you the fruit bearing kind. But you, you the kind that says, I'm going to try it. And I think I got some witnesses that when you start following what you're taught, doesn't it work? So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. She ate, Elijah ate, her household ate. Now I got a question. How did we get the household from just her and her son? It meant there were some other folk in there she wasn't even trying to feed. See, when free lunch is given out, everybody show up. Now, 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 look at this, look, look at this, look at this, look at this. Uh, so, see, they live. They were planning to die, but they live. Sometimes, watch this, on your journey, there have been some people, watch this, where you have been like an Elijah in the sense that you've come into their lives this year and you were what kept them from dying. 
Watch this. And once you accomplished that, there was no longer a necessity for the relationship. Okay, y'all not... Y'all not understand what I'm saying. Once you did what you were supposed to do, then God said, that's enough. Your only assignment was to keep them from dying. Now it's time to move on. You got to drop the rest so you can experience the best. I don't know who that was for. Now we're in chapter 18. We're three years into the drought that Elijah prophesied. And God sends Elijah back to Ahab to announce that rain was coming. And a man named Obadiah, who is Ahab's chief of staff. Remember who Ahab is? He's the king. Say he's the king. Who's he married to? Jezebel. Ahab is a weak man. Jezebel is an overbearing woman. Elijah is the man of God, but in one parallel, but then in the other parallel, Elijah is you. You still with me, church? Now, a man named Obadiah, he's Ahab's chief of staff because he was able to survive after Jezebel had massacred the men of God. Let me just throw this in here. Some of you want promotion without process. He was named chief of staff after he survived one of her massacres. What you've been going through is to qualify you for promotion. And I'm not just talking about in your job. I'm talking about in your income. I'm talking about in your finances. I'm talking about in your life. See, you want promotion, but you got to go through process. Good news, process is just about over. I said process is just about Watch this. After she, he survived Jezebel's massacre, there were a hundred men of God left, and he had put them in hiding to begin to feed them, which reveals to us the enemy in the story. Her name was Jezebel. She's the wife of King Ahab, and their union is significant because, watch this, it marks Satan's release on the only spirit that has the power to oppose an Elijah, the spirit of Jezebel. Now, this is kind of deep for a Sunday, so I need you to stay with me. Y'all stood up and said you wanted me to shift, so I shifted. Touch your name and say, stay with Bishop now. Say the spirit of Jezebel. Now, 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 you need to understand this. Now, we're looking at this from two parallels. One, me as your man of God. Let me tell you, this year, this spirit launched an all-out attack on me. I'll tell you about it one day. Probably next week. Probably New Year's Day, actually. I think that's what we're going to do on New Year's Day. Because New Year's Day, I'm going to find a picture of her or something. I'm just going to be, we're just going to do like pinata. It's going to be like... Now, 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 watch this. But watch this. When it came against me, it was an indication that it was also going to try to mess with y'all. And if you're honest, most of the folk you know, while 2016 has had some great days, it has also been one of the worst years. Okay, y'all. It's been the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. Why? Because, oh, I feel it here. Why? Because the spirit of Jezebel was trying to take you out. It saw what was coming in 17 and tried to take you out. But you ought to look over at your neighbor and say, it did not win. Mm-hmm. Uh, say, it did not prosper. Say, the weapon was formed, but it did not work. Now, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Say, spirit of Jezebel. Say, spirit of Jezebel. First Kings 16, 29. Stay with me. I, now, I'm going to show you their union. In the 30th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab, the son of Amri, became king over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Amri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. Now, Ahab, the son of Amri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. Now, we're dealing with Ahab. Bible says Ahab did what? Eva. Say it like Vampire in Brooklyn. Say Eva. Not evil. You got to say it like Vampire in Brooklyn. Say Eva. Got to read your Bible. Now watch this. I'm just joking. Watch this. Now, watch this. Verse 31. And it came to pass 
although it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took a wife, Jezebel. In other words, God says, it was offensive who you picked. Okay. 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 So she ain't saying nothing. There's some picks you've made over the last couple years, and God says, that offends me. Why would you come down so low from where I set you up to and pick a loser like that? I ain't just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about other stuff. I'm talking about friends. There's some friends, God's like, that offends me that you pick them. Why are you letting them sitting in your car, sit at your table? They don't bring nothing to the table. They sit up and rob you and steal from you. And But you just let anybody in because you wanted somebody there. God says, and it came to pass. <laughs> Though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took a wife. He made a pick that God says is offensive to me. Jezebel, which means God won't stop a bad pick. He'll watch it. He won't stop a bad pick. He'll watch it. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, he took a wife, uh, Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal. To, uh, uh, watch this, watch this, the king of the Sidonians. And he went and served Baal and worshipped him. Now, I'm going to make this real simple so you don't get lost. Say, so she's, she's the daughter of Ethbaal. Now, look at me. In Ezekiel 28, you can write it down and go study in your own time. In Ezekiel 28, we learn that Ethbaal is the personification of Satan in the Bible. Just like Pharaoh was the personification of Satan in the Bible. Nebuchadnezzar was the personification of Satan in the Bible. So check it out. Jezebel is the daughter y'all lost me already she ain't no round the way girl this girl came from the devil y'all not saying nothing it's some people that this last year was sent straight from hell into your life to try to get you off target to get you distracted but today but she is now the daughter of the devil the adversarial angel. Now, you can read that in Ezekiel 28. I'm going to keep it simple for you. Just keep it simple. I can take you line by line, priest of prophecy. Go read it for yourself. Say, say she's the devil's daughter. She's the devil's daughter. Say, trouble, trouble. trouble. So here's the story. Let's pick it up in 1 Kings 18, 13. In the Hebrew culture, which was a male-dominated culture, the question is, how did this woman get so much power? 1 Kings 18, 13. Let's read a little bit of it. Wasn't that reported to my Lord? of what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord. How I hid 100 men of the Lord's prophets, 50 to a cave, and fed them with bread and water. This is Obadiah talking. Who's Obadiah? King Ahab's what? Chief of staff. King Ahab was a weak man who was married to who? Jezebel, who's the daughter of the devil. There are some unions that happen so that they would have strength to try to attack you. I don't know who that was for. And now you say, go tell your master Elijah is here. He'll kill me. Keep flowing with me. Then Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives, that means the Lord who fights for me, before whom I stand, I'll surely present myself to him today. So Elijah says, go get King Ahab and tell him I need to see him. I'm the man of God. I'm here to see him. You make him meet with me. Oh, but I says, listen, I'm chief of staff, but listen, he'll kill me if I tell him that you're out here to meet me. You're the guy that this whole drought thing is going on, and Jezebel hates you. If she even sees you on the cameras as being in the building, it's going to be some smoke. She don't want no problems with her. But Elijah said, she don't want none with me. 
There's some stuff you've been running from. You need to turn around and say, I ain't running from you no more. I'm not ignoring you no more. I'm. <laughs> What's this? So, so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Keep flowing with me. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? Now check it out. He's the solution, but he's called the trouble. This year, many of you have been misidentified. Yeah, what are you trying to say? They called you the problem when the truth was you were the answer. Y'all not, not saying that. They fought you, but the truth is you were their help. Verse. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you've forsaken the commandments of the Lord and you've followed Baals. Baals actually represent the God of the moon. It's a generic term. And if you were to go back to command your day, you'd understand the significance of it because uh, he was a man that settled for default rather than commanding his day. But that's a whole other message. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets. Come on, flow with me. Come on, flow. Verse 20. Sweet Jesus. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long would you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. And if Baal is, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Look at me. This year has been making you make choices that you were avoiding. It's some choices you were trying to not make this year that God said, you're going to make it today. You've been running from it. You've been ignoring it. You've been pretending like it's not there. He said, if God is God, serve him. If he's not, then you do your own thing. Touch your neighbor and say, God is God. This year, some people actually had the audacity to make you choose between church and them. The audacity to make you choose between God and them. The audacity to make you choose between serving and them. If you make that the choice, you're going to lose all day, every day. So don't make it a choice. I'll kick you to the curb in a minute. I'll build one and then kick you to it if it ain't one present. Verse. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Watch this. This year, you felt like you against the world. Who am I talking to? Yeah. You felt like I'm the only one. Watch what he says. I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. He says, it's me versus 450 dudes. It's me versus this whole this. It's me versus this whole problem. It's me versus this whole issue. He said, I feel so alone. I'm talking to the people that this year you've dealt with chronic loneliness. And it wasn't that people weren't around you. It's just that even when you were around them, it didn't seem like they got you. Verse 23. Therefore, let them give us two bulls. Let them choose between the, uh, a bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. And I will pray the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods. I'll call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire, he is God. Now, lead that verse up. The God that answers by what? Fire. Which means the fire you've been in this year was his answer. You said you wanted to be better, right? Mm -hmm. There's a process there. Fire. You says you wanted to be on 10, right? There's a process, fire. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. And now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first, uh, for you are many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given to them and they prepared it and called the name of Baal from morning uh, even till noon saying, oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. There's some stuff you used to call on this year. Some idols, we talked about it in the last series you used to call on. 
money you used to call on, sex you used to call on, drugs you used to call on, porn you used to call whatever it is, some friends you used to call on, they stopped answering this year. Then they leaped out of the altar, uh, then they leaped about the altar which they made. So after they called on them, then they start dancing. Because they was like, well, let's just have a party. And so it was at noon, Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud, for he is a God. Maybe he's meditating, or perhaps the next verse says, uh, he's busy or he's on a journey. Or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. Perhaps he's taking a nap. Elijah started feeling good now. So they cried aloud and cut themselves. Watch this self-mutilation as was their custom with knives and lances into the blood gushed out on them. This year, some of the things you've dealt with were because you did it to yourself. You wanted to act like it was their fault, but the truth is you knew what the deal was the whole time. Okay, all right, all right. Next verse. Come on, next verse. And when midday was passed, they prophesied into the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice and no one answered. Nobody paid attention to them. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones, foundation, 12, 12, 12, 12. January. February, March, April, May. That's the neighbor said, you can count. Took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. Watch this. 12 means foundation. It means government. Watch this. It means established. Everything that's been going on this year was to get you to this month. To establish something. Verse. Verse. Uh, Then with two stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two saves of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, laid it on the wood, and said, fill up four water, parched with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. So they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came to the Lord and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, or Jacob, let it be known this day that you are the God in Israel, and I'm your servant, and all that I've done, all these things at your word. Next verse. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then what happened? The fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now remember, Baal didn't answer. God says, I'm going to send fire that's going to clean everything up. You missed it. The fire actually cleans stuff up. You missed it. The fire actually cleaned everything up. You missed it. See, you shouting that the fire is going in. I dare you to shout that the fire was actually helping you clean some stuff up. Okay. The fire made you clean your credit up, made you work on a budget, made you. First, verse. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized him and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and he executed them. One man against the world took down 450 guys. He's feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. Remember, it hadn't rained in three years. After this victory, he gets rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Carmel. He bowed down to the ground, put his face between his knees. Keep on going with me. I'm just, is it okay? So you can get the whole story? All right, watch this. Watch this. And he said to his servant, go up, look towards the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. 
Then it came to pass the seventh time, seventh time, seventh time. Seventh time. You are coming to the end of six. You are stepping into seven. Maybe you don't understand. Maybe some of you are like, what is he talking about six and seven? Six is the biblical number of man, which represents the old you. Seven is the biblical number, which means completion. It is shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. After the six, he came to the seventh time. And he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand. Put your fist up in the air like this. Put your fist up in the air. Uh, as small as the size of a man's hand, it's rising out of the sea. Look, look at me. God says, listen, the only thing you had that's kept you going has been the little bit you saw. Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? It wasn't a whole lot you saw. It was a little bit that you saw that said, I better keep up. I better wake up this morning. I better keep on going. I... It ain't a lot, but I see enough to make me keep on pressing. Verse, watch this. He said, there is a cloud of song on the hand's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime, watch this, that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went into Jezreel. And then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I want you to see where we're getting. And Ahab told Jezebel, after a great victory, after a new job, after a new car, y'all ain't going to talk to me, after progress in your marriage, after progress with your kids, after, after some progress, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Now remember two parallels, Elijah, one is your man of God, two is you. And Ahab told Jezebel all, say your name, you had done. Here they are going to church now. Here they are serving now. Here they are putting God first now. Here they are. They don't do that no more. They don't do this no more. And Ahab told Jezebel everything you've been doing. Also how he had executed the prophets with the sword. Next verse. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. That's where we were. Saying, so let the gods do to me and more also. If I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow at about this time. Look at me, church. Here's what she said. She said, Elijah, by tomorrow at this time, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take you out. That's why this year, while it's been the best of years, it's been some days that tried to take you out. Ain't, ain't, ain't nobody going, ain't no, I can just have my seat right here and I, cause I've said enough good stuff already. There's some days this year that while you push through the day, folk didn't know that the morning you started made you almost say, you know what? I just can't do it. I, I want to talk to some real people today there. There's some days this year where you said to yourself, I've never had so much progress and yet felt so worthless. Who am I talking to? I, I've never accomplished more in my life and still felt like such a huge failure. Who am I preaching to? That's what Jezebel did. I'm almost done. I got a minute and 30 seconds. Do you want me to finish it or stop? 
That's what Jezebel did. She says, listen, Elijah, I'm taking you out. Now watch this. I'm almost done. You can be seated for just a moment. Or you can stand. You do whatever you want to do. Watch this. Here's the question, church. The Hebrew culture was a male-dominated culture. So how did this woman have so much power? It's because she wasn't a woman. She was a spirit sent to attack Elijah. It wasn't about her being a woman because a spirit doesn't have a sex. It's a mentality, which means there's some people that showed up in your life carrying the spirit of Jezebel this year. There's some people that showed up in your life and they were carrying the spirit of Jezebel. Watch this. This is why, watch this, certain people came in your life. You're like, this person's really cool. And just as quick as they came in, snap, they were gone because all they needed to do was drop off the package. The package didn't have access to you because you have an Elijah that covers you. So the, you had to open the door to let him in there. Y'all not saying nothing. You still here. I said, say she was a spirit sent to attack. Say your name. Everything seemed great for Elijah the day before chapter 18. He calls the people together and we went through the whole story and we watched all the great things that he does. And then the attack comes. After his victory at Mount Carmel, Jezebel makes one threat and says she's going to kill him. And it sends him on the run for his life, even after seeing such a great victory. He's been attacked. And you need to know, often great attacks occur just after a great triumph or great progress in your life. And just prior to great triumph in your life. Why? Because you put your guard down and you start thinking to yourself, I'm done fighting. I can finally rest. All right? Let me, let me come down your row. This year you said to yourself... Whew. I'm finally done with that. Thank you, Jesus. And then you dropped your guard. And when you dropped your guard, that's when an attack came. Because all your, all your defense mechanisms, you dropped them. You even slipped up a little bit in commanding your day. Y'all you not saying nothing. When you start succeeding, sometimes you get sloppy. When you start succeeding at things in life sometimes you can start getting sloppy in life and when you begin to get sloppy in life you begin to let your guard down and it's not that we intend to it's just uh, what happens when you start succeeding because once you start doing well you start believing your own press you start thinking I'm always going to be doing well I'm always going to be doing this man didn't I do this didn't I do this so now Elijah just had a great victory and then the attack comes say the attack comes now, here's what's interesting. She didn't go herself. She sent somebody to give a message. I need you to send this. I need you to send this. And that message sent Elijah into a panic. I, I taught you this earlier this year about, about panic. And we talked about how a panic, the image of panic, the word panic comes from uh, this uh, now Greek mythological god, which was Pan. And he was now this image that whenever the sheep would see him, they would go into a frantic frenzy. How you just kill 450 guys by yourself and a message from someone threatens you. Let me tell you. Okay, I'm going to come down your row. That's why it was some stuff from some folk you wasn't even caring about where some folk got some messages back to you about so-and-so said this, you heard so-and-so this, so-and-so this, so-and-so that. Cause, cause, cause watch this, cause they needed to get a message to you. Okay, I ain't, I ain't talking to you apparently. Watch this, 
He starts out right. You know, he goes in a panic. Now, you got to think about what's been going on the last three years of his life. He's been up and down. He's had a lot of instability. He's been on a journey that God sent him on. And he's on that journey because God said to do it. Sometimes you can be in strange places in life, and that doesn't mean you're out of place. It just means there's something in the place that you need to take from it. He was in strange places, but God sent him. Touch your name and say, God sent him. Uh, watch this. And after the attack, he goes into a panic and he goes on the run. Here's my question. How does one woman, you didn't just saw fire, look up everything. You killed 450 guys by yourself. And one woman's threat, she wasn't even bold enough to tell you herself. Sends you into a panic. Can I ask your neighbor something? After all the hell you already beat, why is it this little small thing, this small issue, this small problem, why is it that this little thing is having such a big effect on your life? This ain't even no big problem. Here's why. Because the enemy says if I can get them distracted with little stuff down here, they'll never rise up to be the eagle I've or God has ordained for them to be. Here it is. I got to finish. I got to finish. Elijah starts out. Say he was attacked. Say your name. Say I was attacked. Mm -hmm. Started out right by going to this place called Beersheba. And then he goes into uh, 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 this self-created and self-inflicted wilderness. He goes a day's journey into the wilderness. Watch this. He kept a problem longer than a day. Now, somebody said, Bishop, how do I know that this spirit of Jezebel came at me? Don't get all weird with me. Just, just stick with me. Bishop, how do I know the spirit of Jezebel came at me? Because watch this. You can't seem to shake it. You pray, you good for a little bit. You worship, you good for a little bit. You come to church, you good all day Sunday. But you like, Bishop, please come on Periscope because I am already, I've only been gone for three hours and this thing is already back on me. You can't seem to shake it. And the reason why, this is the spirit of Jezebel because of whose daughter she is. She knows how to stand in the presence of God. Y'all not saying nothing. She knows how to write rock right up into the presence. Bishop Foreman, how do you know this? Can I teach you like you're a Bible college class? In Job chapter 1, the scripture says that then a day came where all of the angels came. They called them sons of God, which is a Hebrew idiom for the ranking angels, the archangels. They came and presented themselves to the Lord, and Satan was among them also. He now was an adversarial angel. I've talked you about that before. Which means, watch this, the enemy has the ability to stand in the presence of God. In fact, he's on heaven's payroll. Which means if that's his daughter, she knows how to do it too. So she'll stand, she watches, watch this. For some of y'all, because some of y'all, you, 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 you ain't quite free, but you about to get there. She's standing there right now like, that's right, Bishop, for I'm going and preach them. Because as soon as they walk out this door, I'm going to get them. Not today. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that that spirit of Jezebel be broken off of your life. Be expelled off of your life. Not tomorrow, but right now. I got finished, I got finished, I got finished. When Elijah is attacked, say he starts his bounce back. Here's the problem though. First thing he did though, the Bible says he went by himself. He told his servant, he said, you stay here. He said, I'm going to go by myself. Touch the neighbor and say, stop doing it by yourself. Let me tell you, when the spirit of Jezebel is on you and messing with you, you'll be like, I don't know if I'm going to church today. I don't know if I'm doing this now. I don't know if I'm going to invite today. 
Oh, right, to get you by yourself. Now, grab your neighbor, and you may not know who they are, but that's all right. Just, you're going you're to learn them. You're going to learn their day. Just, just grab your neighbor by the arm and, and just say, neighbor, you are not by yourself. Say, I'm not letting you fail. I'm not letting you fall. Say, you found where you fit. You found where you belong. You belong here. This is where your strength is. Watch. He went by himself. So you can't disconnect from the church. But number two, you can't disconnect from the messages. When Jezebel is trying to mess with you, when that spirit trying to mess with you, watch this. A message can come on and you can be listening. And you can be doing good for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, she's like, but it ain't going to work for you, though. Who am I preaching to? You'll be sitting there listening like, wow, I, I just, wow. What? You can be discouraged sitting up listening to life. I'm telling you what's been going on. I'm telling you what's been going on. See, that's why you got to come to church with expectation. Because expectation can shift the message. Because somebody needed this because this week she was planning to take you out. But we just interrupted that plan. How about your neighbor and say, that plan's been interrupted. She shouldn't have messed with me earlier this year. Since she came for me, I'm coming for her. And everybody that can come out, I'm pulling out. Yeah. Then, watch this. Say, stay connected. She got to stay connected to church. Got to stay in church. Every time the door's open, you got to be in here. Because if she can pull you by yourself and then get in your ear, She's like, I got you. But then watch this. But then those messages. You, watch this. Sometimes you're going to have to force feed yourself. Sometimes you're going to be like, I don't want to listen. Not because it ain't good. It's just because I'm so discouraged. But I'm going to eat. You, you, you better eat that banana. <laughs> what you ask for it for? Some of y'all don't know nothing about that. Tell your neighbor, say, eat that banana. It's a comedian. He told a joke about how a kid that asked for a banana, but he never eats a banana because no kid ever eats a whole banana when they ask for a banana. Except one kid. I met one kid recently that does eat the, all the banana. <laughs> Most kids never eat a banana. They take two bites and then set it up on the counter. I don't want the banana. The comedian said, you better eat that banana. So when you're discouraged, you better eat these messages. I'm 10 minutes over time. Do you want me to finish or should I stop? Elijah then prays to die. And he says he's no better than his father's. His, he got depressed because he felt like a failure. Watch this. He was the greatest success of his bloodline. Let me talk to those of you who watch this. They sit up and try to, they try to talk you out of discouragement, but they don't realize you ain't in competition with them. You're in competition with yesterday's version of yourself. And so you're like, I know you good with how I'm doing, but I'm not satisfied. Okay. Ain't nobody else like that? Where other people will try to, try to encourage you, try to say stuff to you, and you'll be like, that's really, really great. But, but the reality of it is, is you're like, but I know you're happy because that's enough to satisfy you. But let me talk like, the, like, like we're from the deep south. But that ain't no enough for me. Ain't it, man? Watch this. Y'all got that one? Watch this. Say he felt depressed. Say he felt like a failure. Who's felt like that this year? Just go, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. That's over. I came to prophesy to some man and tell him that's over. I came to prophesy to some woman and tell her that's. 
over. Watch this. Here's what Babe Ruth says. Babe Ruth says, you know Babe Ruth, the candy bar. <laughs> the baseball player. Here's what Babe said. He says, every strike puts me closer to the next home run. You didn't have some strikes this year. Say, but I'm closer than ever to the home run. Now, here's what, here's what happened though. Elijah says, he essentially says, what's wrong with me? Watch this. The spirit of Jezebel had this man questioning what he was sent to the earth to do. He's like, I know that 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 I know I'm supposed to do this. I was built to do this. I was made to do this. But then Jezebel says, you sure? If you were, why isn't it working better for you? Okay. Are, are, are you sure? Watch this. Some of y'all, it went deeper. You were like, uh, is Christianity, is this whole thing? Even, I, okay, y'all ain't going to talk to me. For some of you, it got deep and you started YouTubing and looking at some stuff you ain't had no business looking at saying, I'm not sure if he's really real. I don't even know. Touch the neighbor said, that was Jesse. Wrong neighbor, try to ever say, that was Jesse. Up to her tricks. That's what tricks do. They play tricks. So watch this. It got so bad, he didn't want to do anything but sleep. This year, your normal, old, highly deeply dough, wonderful mornings, all you morning folk this year is like, You got very familiar with the snooze button. Traditional backup. You got very, 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 very familiar with the snooze button. In fact, you, you said, look, hey, Siri, <laughs> give, give me an alarm for, for five minutes from now. Ding, 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 ding. Hey, Siri, give me two more minutes. Ding, 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 ding. Hey, Siri, I need 45 more seconds. Don't look at me like you didn't do it this year. You turned on the feature just for that reason. Are you here? This man said, I don't want to do nothing but sleep. And here's where he sleeps, by a broom tree. I've taught you this before. A broom tree is a juniper tree. A juniper tree is used to flavor gin. He's the man of God, but he's like, I just need a little something, something to take the edge off. Can I get a witness in the church? That I just need a, and watch this. Some of y'all was like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to have a drink, but it is legal though, Bishop. It is legal in Colorado though, Bishop. I need a little something to take the edge off. It says it has medicinal purposes, Bishop. I, God made it, Bishop. I ain't judging you. I ain't beating you up. I'm just saying. Elijah, here he is, the man of God, called fire from heaven, killed 450 dudes in one time. And Elijah's like, <sighs> pulling up to the queue. Uh-huh. Everybody think, uh-huh. Your neighbor just told him himself because I don't know what the queue is. Now, for all of you who try to pretend like you don't know, it's the liquor store. And you're like, this is real close to the church. I so hope this ain't the day Bishop drives down this street. Hold on, let me put my harvest thing up. 
Hold up, this bracelet. It got so bad for Elijah that Elijah said, I'm laid back. Tipping on. Now, maybe, maybe that ain't what you ran to. But this you, you ran to something? To only discover it didn't work. I wish I had a witness. And ain't no sense in feeling bad about it. Your neighbor ran to something too. But thanks be to God, if I confess my sins before him, he's faithful and just to forgive me. Somebody holler, Lord, forgive me for what I ran to that wasn't you. Here it is. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. He's sleeping and drinking. Drinking and sleeping. Man of God. That's why he went to the wilderness so couldn't nobody see him. He's looking around. Watch what happens, church. Watch what happens. He slept and drank. Drank and slept. Then the angel says, get up. It's time to eat. Check this out, though. But despite how great things looked externally, he felt like a failure internally. He was so focused on his problem, he forgot about his previous progress and his future promise. Say, I've got previous progress and future promise. So he gets strong. We read the story. He gets strong. And as he starts getting strong, his attack pops up again. And when you start getting strong, that's when contractions start. A wind came, an earthquake came, and a fire came. Translation, drama to get his attention to the fact that he needed to continue advancing his mission. And the Lord asked him a question, and I'm just about done. The Lord says to him, what are you doing here? That's, the name. that's what God asking you. God is asking you, why are you stuck in this? And here's what Elijah does. Elijah says, well, God, I've been zealous for you. That means I've been passionate for you. He says, but I feel alone. Now, here's the truth. He really wasn't alone because his servant was with him. But what his attack made him ignore everything he had around him. Here's how you know you're under an attack because you got everything you need and you'll say you don't. The problems you're dealing with, you can fix, but you'll say you can't. And God gave him a solution. Say, God gave him a solution. God's solution. He says, listen, I want you to go find this boy, Elisha. And I want you to anoint him king because I'm going to kill Ahab. And story goes, real, I'm going to make it real simple for you. Story goes that Ahab, uh, Ahab eventually dies. Mm -hmm. And Elisha, watch this, the son, the spiritual son he had, ends up killing. In 2 Kings chapter 9, he kills Jezebel. Now, say what he birthed. Okay, now this is where we shout. You, you, you ready for it? Here's what God essentially told Elijah. Elijah, to get through this spirit of Jezebel, you're going to have to keep doing what you were created to do to get you through. Let me see if I can say it another way to make it palatable for you. He was saying, Elijah, preach your way through. Mm -hmm. Watch this. He was saying, say your name. Serve your way through. Let me say it. Say your name. Invite your way through. What, what was he saying? What, what, say your name. Uh, give your way through. He says, you're going to have to just bust through this one. That's why Isaiah 40, 31 says, they that wait on the Lord, 
That word wait doesn't mean stand around idly. It means serve, which means, watch this, when the spirit of Elijah comes, you got to go crazy serving, got to go crazy praising, got to go crazy giving, got to go crazy inviting folk. Y'all not saying nothing. See, the reason those things are so important is because that's what you use to get you through. Now, here's the shout part. You ready for what I'm through? Here's the shout. He begets this spiritual son, Elisha. Got it? And Elisha conquers for him what he couldn't do himself in the natural. Say so he birthed something. Birthed. Isaiah 66 and 9 says, I will not allow pain without allowing you to give birth to something new. The New Century Version says it like this. He says, I will not allow pain without allowing you to give birth to the new nation. Now, now, Bishop, what in the world does new nation mean? For you, it doesn't mean a nation. It means a new you. Watch this. Here's been your challenge, and we're going to fix this today. This whole year, everything you've been dealing with has been birthing a new you. An Elisha of sorts. And the problem you've been having is the new you is looking at the old you saying, why are you tripping over that? Okay, this is why you'll feel conflicted within a matter of seconds. One second is this, second later is this. 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 Because you have been at war with what you've birthed. Let me say it another way. You've been at war with you. Well, war is over. War's over. War's over. Bye-bye old me. Hello new me. Bye-bye depressed me. Hello new me. Bye-bye discouraged me. Hello new me. Bye-bye generationally cursed me. Hello new me. Touch your neighbor and say hello new you. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. I'm done. Everybody stand. I apologize. I went five minutes on. Actually, 20, but in preaching minutes. <laughs> Carry the five times two, whatever. Now, watch this. How many people you, you know uh, that that spirit came at you this year? All right, let me tell you something. Here's what you need to know. It probably won't be the last time she tries you in life. But now, watch this. Like my story, your hands have been in the hot water. So you know how to navigate it now. But here's the good news. Whatever cave you've been in, whatever, whatever attack this spirit has launched at you, as your Elijah, I announce to you, hear me in the Holy Ghost. Bishop, what does that mean, hear me in the Holy Ghost? Just listen closely, that's all it means. <laughs> hear me. She lost. She lost. She lost. Bishop, how do you know? Because you got up this morning and said, I see a cloud the size of a man's head. I got enough to keep on pressing. Now lay your hands yourself.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.